What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home here at FigPigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's going on, Kyle? I, You know, we're only a few days away now from the kickoff of the NFL season, but I think what we're going to be talking about today is one of my favorite aspects of fantasy football, and that is roster turnover and scouring the waiver wire for the next big thing. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to talk some preemptive strikes. We're going to be looking uh, at what we think might be the hot names come week one, uh, come week two. We wanted, we wanted to get ahead of the game. We wanted to say, you know, there's some people on your on your bench that you might have added, like uh, Devonta Freeman, who clearly isn't on a team, doesn't look to be going anywhere, and uh, it's just clogging up the back end. Where there's lots of players like that, so maybe you had an extra quarterback in case of an injury or whatever the case may be. So, you know, if you have an extra space or two or you're looking, hey, I'm going to need some guys that at this position because of this, that, and the third. I'm going to need some upside, whatever it may be. Um, so Brian and I each have three names that we want to kind of say – if you're looking for a name to add to the back of your lineup, to the back of your roster, the, these make a lot of sense. Here's why we're doing it. Um, and you can kind of be the judge on what who makes the most sense for your roster. So, Brian, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right in. Obviously, we got games on Thursday. We want to get the, get the ball rolling. And um, for anybody that's wondering what our schedule may look like for this season, we will be we will be here every uh, recording every Monday night, getting it to you uh, as early as Tuesday for the waiver wire preview. And then we will be here Thursdays breaking down kind of the, the weekend slate, giving you our best bets, giving you maybe DFS plays, you know, a whole, a whole slew of things, obviously jumping on and talking any major news or any, uh, other things that need to be uh, addressed in the process. And then every Sunday morning for an hour, we will be here uh, live on YouTube, uh, taking your questions, giving uh, our NFL picks for the weekend, all that good stuff. Uh, so make sure you come hang out on Sunday mornings. Uh, let us help you set your lineups. Uh, we will be here from 11 to 12 every single Sunday morning. Uh but let's, Brian, let's specify that 11 to 12 Eastern. Correct. Yes. No, we won't be here in the middle of the game telling you. <laughs> no, no yeah, 11 to 12 Eastern time. So eight to nine uh, West Coast time. Uh, so let's jump into it. And I want to start with Dar- Daryl Williams, 24% owned on Yahoo right now. Um, I know. And, and honestly, like this is nothing against Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, we, we all expect great things from a super talented kid that's going to be in a great offense that is going to have a ton of opportunity. Uh, but the Chiefs made it clear that Darrell Williams is the backup. Uh, DeAndre Washington is no longer there. Damian Williams is obviously sitting the season out. Um, so in a, a dynamic, up-tempo, high-performance offense that is going to be scoring a lot, that We've already seen Williams have uh, opportunities. He's obviously a versatile back that can be involved in the passing game and the running game. Um, And I could see him having touches early in a, let's see what Alaire can do. Obviously, Alaire, if he's awesome and does what we expect, maybe Williams goes away. But he's a great bench piece, especially for the first week. 
Um, and if we're watching Thursday night and going, oh, Williams is on the field for 30% of the snaps. Oh, and he's got seven to 10 touches. And yep. oh, he might be involved in this offense. <gasps> People are going to be trying to run to the waiver wires. So this is a guy that you want to pick up. Um, had three games last year. This is in half PPR. Three games of double-digit fantasy points. Had four above eight point uh, in half PPR. Um, this is a guy that can find the end zone. Had a two-touchdown game against Detroit. Uh, you know, th- three catches, five catches, two catches. Like he, he's involved in the passing game, involved in the running game. Um, knows the offense. So if there's a little bit of questions about, oh, Edwards Alaire isn't picking up the pass blocks kind of like we expected to, and uh, Patrick Mahomes just got crushed, there <laughs> could be a quick flip of the switch. And like, you know, rookies sometimes have issues with that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying I expect him to be like, uh, you know, an RB1 or anything, but I think he's absolutely worth a stash. I think you want to see what's going to happen. And if you have room on the back of your bench, I'm 100% adding him. Yeah, you know, Daryl Williams is one of the guys that I've, I've been quietly adding to the majority of my rosters, you know, last week, just with the known fact that they really don't have anything behind Clyde Edwards Hilaire other than DeAndre Washington, who he was never anything over in Oakland. So what 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 made people think that guy was going to be the – the second in line there. And then the fact that we saw Daryl Williams have, you know, multiple touchdown games last season reports are out of camp are that he's the best pass blocker of the group. Therefore he's going to see a role in passing downs and passing situations, maybe the two minute drill. Um, And like you said, this offense is supposedly going to be again, just as high powered as we expect it to be. And even if he's only seeing seven to 10 touches, those could be extremely valuable touches, especially if they're coming in or near the red zone or the goal line. And, you know, for a, for a pickup prior to week one, this is the kind of guy that you're looking for who could surprise people and step into a 50, 50 timeshare. Yep. And I know that's not to traditionally Andy Reid's scenario, but it's also a scenario where he's starting a rookie running back in week one. And, this season's going to be a little interesting, and obviously we have a lot of expectations via what we've heard in, tra- in training camp and kind of uh, 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 how a coach has worked in the past. But we're not always right, and things happen that we don't expect. So getting ahead of the curve, kind of getting ready for some weirdness is a great way to be ahead of what everybody else in your league is doing and not have to spend 60% of your fab to pick up somebody who you might actually want to play. Uh, yeah. yeah. Brian, let's keep it rolling. Let's talk about the first name on your list. Uh, talk to me about Mr. Preston Williams, who's owned in only 40% of Yahoo leagues. This is another guy who I am just, I'm dumbfounded as to why he's he's available in 60% of Yahoo leagues. This guy was right up there with uh, Devontae Parker in terms of who was going to be the lead wide receiver. And there was talk last year prior to Parker's breakout that it was actually Preston Williams who was becoming the favorite target of Ryan Fitzpatrick. You I know, can tell I you exactly. I can tell you exactly why he, he went on, he played the first nine games. If he had done, if he had played the last nine games and produced the way he had, people would be a lot more optimistic about his uh, 2020 season. Yeah, and and also, too, to that point, if you look at the first six games of the year, the first three games that Fitzpatrick played, Miami was abysmal. They were getting just destroyed by teams. I mean, they could do nothing. Then they went to Josh Rosen, who 
it was even worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then over the last 11 games of the year, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't throw any less than 33 passes a game. He was actually averaging close to 40 attempts per game. Did, that was This was when Devontae Parker took off because he is a high ball receiver. We saw Preston Williams, which is the reason why he exploded on the scene was because of his size. Due to 6'5", you know, 210, 215, he just physically dominates corners. Um, and he's going to be in an offense that, again, as much as I like their defense and the and kind of the direction in which they're going under Brian Flores, they're probably more than likely going to be losing in games, which means they're going to have to throw the ball still. Um, and there's nobody else out there. It's Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and then a bunch of dudes that are, shouldn't really be on teams playing wide receiver other than special teams because yeah. Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson both opted out. And then it's Jakeem Grant and the newly acquired Lynn Bowden Jr. behind him. Yeah. Yeah. No, this team could be a very like Minnesota-esque where they funnel a majority of their targets to two pass catchers. And then obviously I expect big things from Mike Gesicki. So if you own him, uh, good job and, and play him for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. I, I love Preston Williams this year. I am really curious to see how him and Parker kind of when they're both on the field and healthy, what that looks like and how much goes one way and how much goes. But yeah, I'm thinking like 35, 40% to Williams, 35, 40% to Parker. Um, and then the rest just kind of mixed in with the backs and, and the tight ends. But um, yeah, like I said, if, if he had done what he did, it's re recency bias is, is fickle. And, you know, if, if he had done it, what he did at the last nine games, instead of the first, uh, part of the season, then, you know, we'd be talking about a, a different ADP, but, uh, I'm with you. I own a lot of Preston Williams in leagues where I need receivers. I've added him a bunch. Um, and I'm expecting a big, big season. They obviously named Fitzpatrick as the starter for week one. So. Uh, I think I think this team starts all systems go chucking the ball over the yard, and I think Preston Williams <laughs> goes off. Yes, please. Uh, let's keep it rolling, and let's talk about Jack Doyle, thirty percent owned on Yahoo. If you drafted a tight end, you know there there's some Travis Kelsey buzz. We'll see. I I, I assume he'll be fine, uh, but there was some some talks of him getting a little banged up yesterday. Um, or if you're just like, I don't like my tight end. I don't want to roll with this guy. Jack Doyle's all of a sudden become a guy. I you know I I was team Trey Burton. Uh, he is starting the season on the IR, <laughs> so that's obviously not going to happen. Uh, I, I keep falling for these the couple. There's a couple players that just it's the same guys year in and year out. Yeah, man. yeah that's why I laughed when you said Josh Rosen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Jack Doyle is absolutely a guy that I'm going to be excited to own. Uh, I think, you know, I like the idea of what Paris Campbell can be. And I think, uh, you know, obviously the running backs are going to be interesting. But Phil Rivers has always been a guy who likes to use his tight ends, uh, especially when they get in close. Jack Doyle's proven to be a guy that can handle volume, can handle the red zone work, um, and has been like hit. Frank Reich and Phil Rivers are love tight ends. Jack Doyle has produced a fantasy, you know, elite fantasy tight end type season uh, back in 2017, had 108 targets, caught 80 uh, for 690. I think he could be a, you know, I think he can be 90 to 100 targets yet again. I think he could have a monster season and uh, depending on how their goal line system shake out and, and how much they're throwing versus passing, I think Doyle could absolutely be involved. Um, and I, I, 
like if you need a tight end or if you're like, you know, I have a tight end like Evan Ingram um, and I'm worried about him going down and my I know like my league mates are going to be picking up whatever's left um, if I don't add Doyle now. So I'm, you know, stashing him now could save you, you know, through if nothing else, the bye week. But um, and then if he pops like we think he can then maybe he's a trade piece that gets you something else. Or you trade Evan Ingram for something else, knowing you can roll with Jack Doyle. But uh, I, I would be looking to add him if you need tight end help, if you are worried about your starter, um, or you just, you know, you you kind of ignored the position going for some high upside running backs. And now that we are going into the season, we know what it's going to look like. Uh, Doyle becomes a great name to, to add to kind of fill your fill out your roster. Yeah, I think Jack Doyle is one of my favorite players in the NFL just to begin with, regardless if it's fantasy or real life. Um, He's just that old school plotting tight end, it seems, um, with good hands. But, you know, I think he's going to be he's going to become a favorite of Philip Rivers right away as, you know, for for as good as the Colts rush rush offenses and how good their offensive line is walking for the run they are susceptible to the pass rush and one thing that we all know about philip rivers is that he can't elude a snail so he's going to be looking to get rid of the ball quick and furious and he's going to be looking towards jack doyle a lot in this offense and it all it's going to take is you know upwards of 55 60 catches for doyle to end the season near tight end one range and that's easily attainable in this offense, especially with him getting a head start over Trey Burton and developing a quick, quick rapport with rivers. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I, it feels like he could be a volume monster. I will. I like the idea of Pittman and maybe that's a, a slower, slower build as the season rolls. And obviously uh, the Paris Campbell hype is definitely there, but um, I think this offense has a chance to be really good and put up a lot of production. And uh, I expect Doyle to be a big portion of that. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it rolling. Let's head to your your Dallas Cowboys and let's talk about a running back not named Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, this one right here is one of these like prognostication pickups, and it is kind of surprising that he's only owned in around forty four percent of of leagues right now. But as far as handcuffs go, is there anybody more valuable than Tony Pollard, other than possibly Alexander Madison or Kareem Hunt? Like, yeah. Yeah, and I think like for me, he is the definition of a true handcuff in terms of if I think within like Cleveland, I think we see some sort of timeshare with Chubb and and Hunt, and maybe that kind of goes back and forth depending on the game. Obviously, Madison's right there too, but yeah, I think these two guys in terms of oh the starters out, they step in, they get that seventy to eighty percent of the volume, and they're tremendous fantasy assets. Um, Pollard is absolutely that guy. Um, and I, I would like to own him anywhere I can. Yeah. I mean, and the dude he's shown out before, even with Zeke on the field, he actually had 200 yard rushing games last year on one game was on 13 carries the other on 12. So he has that breakaway ability, something that Zeke hasn't really shown the ability to do. And I do actually think in this new offense with Mike McCarthy, that Pollard actually shows a little bit of standalone value in certain game flows. And you know, he's going to be somebody that, you know, over the next couple of weeks, if he's, if they're using him and he's getting, you know, seven to eight touches a game, you're going to want to have him before he pops because he is going to be one of the hottest waiver ads quick. If, yeah. it, if that is to happen, especially if you're in a situation where you drafted wide receiver heavy, 
um, and you you need guys that you can just play, like especially in full PPR. Like I could see him getting a handful of targets, maybe gets a couple carries, maybe he finds the end zone. All of a sudden, he's having a great day. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm 100. percent The uh, short term upside with a long term really you know big gain and uh, a, a definitely a player that I will be uh, looking to add in leagues where he's still available. Um, my third and final guy. Um, it is Curtis Samuel. And I, I have two names that I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat cause that's, cause I'm the host and that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> so if you need someone you can play week one or early in the season, I love, uh, Curtis Samuel. I think he's a guy that has gone overlooked, um, going into drafts. And it seems like as you know, the season's kind of approached. He's gotten a little more uh, attention. His ownership numbers have gone up a little bit. Uh, but this guy starts at, at home versus the Raiders. Then they travel to Tampa, take on the Bucks. Then they face the Chargers, uh, and then they come home for the Cardinals. Those are four games where he could absolutely be productive. Uh, I expect him to be a big part of this offense and involved, you know, especially if you're in any sort of half or full PPR. I think he gets a ton of targets, ton of volume. Uh, you know, we saw what his touchdowns can be even last year. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater makes a big up- upgrade for this offense. And yes. even, with, even with DJ Moore and Curtis uh, or Christian McCaffrey getting the bulk of the work, I still think there's room for him and Ian Thomas uh, to be productive fantasy assets. Um, and I think, you know, especially with this defense, like it, they're going to have to throw, <laughs> it's going to be ugly and they're, they're going to have to do it. Uh, if you don't need anyone to start, say the first month or so, uh, Jalen Rager's numbers, like ownership percentage is just dwindling, a, like a rapid. I don't understand work. how the hell he's not rostered. Cause he's hurt, Brian. And if, <laughs> if he's hurt week one, he can't play the rest of the season. Let's uh, drop Apparently him. not. Uh, so if you could afford to be patient, uh, Jalen Rager is absolutely somebody I'm adding. I have high expectations for him, not only long-term, but this season. Um, and you know, hold him for a couple weeks. If you see, okay, he's not going to come back or uh, it's slower than we expected. Drop him for that hot waiver wire ad. But I think he's going to be a guy that, especially over the back half of the season, uh, is going to be a huge part of, of fantasy championship, fantasy playoff teams, and a guy Carson Wentz uh, relies on. Because I, as much as I love Ertz and Goddard, that's all the in terms of pass catchers, and then obviously Miles Sanders. But like Alshon Jeffrey isn't going to do anything. I don't know if he's you know, like killed. It- he won't even be healthy for the entire yeah. season. I think that's the most important thing when it goes when it comes to Jalen Rager is the fact that he's a rookie, yes, but his skill set is that of a, of a good route runner who's going to be able to get open for Carson Wentz. And the other two guys that Wentz is going to have on the outside, and Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, neither of them have proven to be able to stay healthy for even two-thirds of a season, let alone an entire year. So I think Rager is going to step into a you know a pretty massive workload immediately once he starts seeing the field for a team that is probably going to be throwing the ball a lot also. I mean, Carson Wentz is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL as, as when it comes to like creating and stuff. So I just don't understand how people are so undervaluing what, what Rager brings to that offense. He's a rookie and he's hurt, so obviously you can't make an impact in year one. Uh, all right, Brian, hit me with your third and final name, uh, another guy that I would love to talk about. So I'm going to go back to Indianapolis, and it's 
pretty much for the same reason why we were talking about Jack Doyle. And my last and final guy is Naheem Hines. I did, he's being so overlooked right now because of the two-headed monster and Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. But the Colts aren't just going to run the ball with their yeah. running backs. And Phillip Rivers, over the last three years, has been targeting his running backs at a ridiculous rate. Even last year, seeing Austin Eckler see like over 100 and it's like 150 targets or something like that. And each of the last three years, running backs have seen over 115 targets combined for the two big guys on the team being Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler. And neither Mac or Jonathan Taylor have a history of being very good pass catching backs. Yeah. And that's Naheem Hines. So if this is an offense that Frank Reich kinds of th- goes throwback with Phillip Rivers and we start to see them run a ton of shotgun and Rivers, like I stated with Jack Doyle, he's going to get rid of the ball quick because he doesn't want to be hit. They're going to be using a lot of Naheem Hines. I could see him running in the uh, running in the slot. They could be using a lot of jet sweeps with him, having him on the field with Taylor or Mack. And it's just, again, it's somebody that you want to be ahead of the game with because if he goes out week one and sees, you know, six targets, catches five of them for 40 yards and a touchdown, immediately he's going to be a, a hot waiver wire pickup for a PPR league. Yeah, I guess the hope is that Jonathan Taylor kind of does what Melvin Gordon does, where in obviously at Wisconsin, that's not an offense that is going to throw to their running backs a ton, but has shown flashes of it. But yeah, I think it's something that he probably develops over the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I always like targeting running backs in backfields that are different. Like Mac and Taylor are going to be combating, fighting for like first and second down work majority of the time. That third down roll is going to be kind of, we'll see. And like you mentioned, that you could kind of deploy Mac or Taylor along with Hines and kind of do some unique things. So I think it's a good a good name, especially in, you know, like PPR leagues or half PPR. I think it's a lot more interesting. Um, and, I you know, everybody's like trying to pick up Chris Thompson and these other like. That, I, that offense sucks. I mean, it. <laughs> There's going to be someone to throw, like, but he's going to get hurt week three, like he always does. And it's just, it's going to be more headaches. And then, like, they're, they, I mean, we were talking about that before the show. It's like James Robinson and Divino Zobigo and, you know, Rykel Armstrong was supposed to be the guy, but now he's got COVID and it sounds like he's going to be back for a while. Um, you know, we've seen bad offenses produce guys just because of volume. Uh, but I'd rather take my shot on somebody that, is going to be a high impact guy on a offense that's going to move the ball. Uh, and the best part is if you add to one of these players and you're like, you know, it's not working or I need to add for, I need to drop them or something else. It's an easy cut. Like you're like, Oh, this isn't working guy. Bye. And then pick up somebody else two weeks later. Um, and you're and you're off and running. It's a lot, e- it's a lot easier to rationalize dropping some of these names. But like we said, yeah. these, are, these are names that you want to, you want to hold before week one, because if they pop, boom, then you have you're ahead of the waiver wire. Where if they don't pop, uh, or you know, where if they pop when they're not in your roster, then you're paying yep. a big fab chunk. So uh, and also too, the majority of your bench should be it. It should be a turnstile on that mm-hmm. back end because guys yeah. just sitting there who can't crack your roster, they're meaningless to you. So you're looking for somebody who has a great matchup or somebody who does have that value if there were an injury or if you were to step into just more playing time. And that's, and that's what these guys all, all offer. Yep. hundred percent. 
Uh, all right, Brian, this is fun. Good, good to get in, get out, talk some players. Uh, as I mentioned, we will be back on on uh, Friday to, to kind of help look for the weekend, look for some best bets, look for uh, some players that maybe you should target in DFS. Um, and then we'll be back next Monday to preview uh, or to recap a whole week one and talk some names that you need to add on the waiver wire. Football is here. I, I, I didn't think it would be coming, uh. and, and then it was here. So uh, for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert. And we'll talk to you guys next time.